0: Good evening, Family Church. All you folk that are out there, we're just Sunday night local. Um, Building the house is the title of this new series and we're very excited about it. Really looking forward to sharing the word tonight. I believe I've got a word from God for many people, myself included. I'll include myself in that. So um, I hope you've got Pen and paper ready. We, we haven't got many, many scriptures to share, but the ones that I've got are significant. So if I were you, I'd have pen and paper ready um, and just get ready. Have an open heart. Let's just go on this journey tonight together as we open up the Word of God and see what the Word has to say about building the house. I want to open in prayer. I think we've given it enough time. Those that aren't with us can always catch up a little bit later. But um let's just open in prayer and let's just commit this time to the Lord so father, I just thank you Lord for this opportunity to share your word tonight I thank you Father God that your word will not return void that it will that it will um, find good soil father God, and that it will bring forth a harvest in the listeners' ears Um, hearts and minds Father. I thank you Lord that my tongue is as like the pen of a ready writer that Lord God you would use me to speak life and accuracy into people's lives and hearts and so we just commit this time to you Lord God and we thank you for it in Jesus mighty name. Amen and Amen. So building the house Chris started off last week. I thought that was such a brilliant message. There were so many, um, so many nuggets in it. There were so many aspects of that message that I've listened to it a few times myself. It was absolutely brilliant. And so um, tonight we're going to talk about um, beauty from ashes, beauty from ashes. And you know what, building, building, building your house, building the house, whatever that might look like in your life. Maybe you're building your life, your marriage, your family. Maybe it's your job or your career. Maybe it's about a ministry and um, it could be about building the house of God. Whatever it is, we need to establish some good foundations to, to, to build that house that we're looking at, looking at building. And um, like the scripture that Chris used last week, Hebrews chapter 10 verse 9, it is powerful and so profound, and I'm going to repeat it a number of times tonight. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 9, which says that God takes away the first in order to establish the second. And this is a principle throughout the word of God, that God takes away the old order to establish the new. And so today we're going to look at how does God restore us, how he redeems us, how he builds us. Remember last week Chris was saying how we are those living stones and God wants to build us, restore us, redeem us us and the way he does it is that he takes away the old to establish the new. So with that in mind, go with me in your Bible, Isaiah 61 verses 1 to 4. Isaiah 61 verses 1 to 4. We're going to jump right in, I've got a lot to say. So Isaiah 61, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty for the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they, you, child of God, may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And they, you shall rebuild the old ruins. You shall raise up the former desolations. You shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. What a magnificent scripture, a beautiful, beautiful image Of God's restoring and redeeming in our lives. It's an image of God taking us from a position of being hurt, of pain, of brokenness and restoring us to be a comforted, full of liberty, full of joy, redeemed, restored people, rooted and established in him and ready to restore and reach out and help others in their journey. That's what the the scripture, the picture that it paints for me. He says there will give us beauty for ashes, the, the oil of joy, the oil of joy for mourning and the garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. What an amazing exchange. In other words, God will take away our ashes and he will give us beauty. For our mourning, he'll give us joy. That's what the word is saying there. What an amazing exchange. It's like a divine exchange. And that exchange started in your life the minute you accepted Jesus Christ into your life as your personal Lord and Savior. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. You go from death to life. Colossians 1.13 says that he has translated us from the power of darkness into the kingdom of the Son of his love. 2 Corinthians 5.21. We could go here all night. 2 Corinthians 5.21. He who knew no sin, Jesus Christ who knew no sin, became sin for us, so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. This is called redemption. This is this is this is a fact that we are redeemed. We are redeemed. And that word redeemed, listen to what it means. It's the payment of a price to recover from the power of another. Jesus paid the price to recover us from the power of the enemy of our souls, the devil. And I'll just bring this into into modern day vernacular. You know, maybe when you go shopping, you are given Maybe some loyalty cards. Now I've got here an old Nectar card. I'm not sure if they're very valid. But Chris has kindly lent me his Nando's card. He's got a Nando's loyalty card. And that means that every time Chris goes into Nando's, when they open, um, under usual circumstances, he gets loyalty points. He builds up loyalty points. And so that eventually he can get like a free chicken meal or something with his with, when he redeems the points on his loyalty card, instead of paying cash, he redeems his points. And that's what Jesus, he came into this world to pay the price, to pay the price for all of mankind. And when you gave your heart to the Lord, when you gave your heart to Jesus Christ, you redeemed. It's like those loyalty points came through. He paid the price for your sin. And for man, another word for redeem is the word ransom. Now, ransom is something when these evil people um, normally um, um, sort of pick on on very affluent, rich, wealthy people. They will kidnap somebody from a from a from a wealthy family in order to gain financially. So say for instance, um, there've been a number of these well-known kidnappings throughout the years, but um, you know, they would kidnap somebody and they would offer a ransom note. And when that ransom is paid, that person, the kidnappee, would be released. That's the same word for redeem. And it's the same for us. You know what, at salvation, Jesus paid the ransom for our liberty. We were held captive by the enemy of our souls, but Jesus paid the price. It's like we broke the law, but Jesus paid the fine. We are redeemed. We're redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Ephesians 1.17 says that we are redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Christ, We're brought back from death to life, from from separation to relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And just in preparation for this, I was considering the depths of redemption. Do we understand the depths of what we've been redeemed from? And just looking through my Bible in recent days, just trying to remember. Who was I before I got saved and who am I now? And some some words that came off the page were that we were once in darkness. We were once children of wrath. We were dead in our sins. We were separated from God. In fact, we were enemies of God. The Bible says that without him, we were without hope. Hopeless, we were without hope hope, and without God in this world. But now, by the blood of Jesus Christ, we are saints. We are children of God. We are sons and daughters of God. We are new creatures in Christ. We're a new breed. We're a new race of people. We're children of God. We are heirs of God. We joint heirs with Jesus. Jesus is our big brother. He was the firstborn among many brethren. He's our big brother. We joint heirs with Christ. And these are fantastic realities. They are truths. But how do they affect our lives? How do how does God give us beauty for ashes, like we've just read in Isaiah 61? What does it mean? What does it mean to give us beauty for ashes? Well, all throughout the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, the reference any reference to ashes signifies um, mourning or death. And there's a number, there are a number of references. I'll just give, give you a few. There was Job when he was stricken. He was sat in sackcloth and ashes and he put ashes all over his head. Um, Tamar, when Tamar was raped by her half-brother, the Bible says that she put ashes all over her head and she ripped her clothes in mourning and grieving for what was stolen from her. Esther, when Mordecai and the Jewish people heard about the order for their persecution, they went into mourning and they covered themselves with ashes. Jonah as well, when the king of Nineveh is told to repent, he sat in sackcloth and ashes. So the, it's ashes signifies death or mourning. And I just want to bring this in a little bit closer to those of you who enjoy a little bit of sport. Um, you know. I couldn't resist this one, but remember in eighteen well you wouldn't remember because I wasn't even there either. But in eighteen eighty two, I'm not that old, okay. But in eighteen eighty two, the was the first time that England lost a game of cricket to Australia on their own home ground at the Oval. And the following day, some really clever um, sports writer. He wrote an obituary in the newspaper in which he declared the death of English cricket. He said cricket in England is dead and he stated that the body would be cremated and the ashes would be sent to Australia. Well, 138 years later, every year there is this battle between Australia and England. I won't say how many times the other side have won the the series but you get my point. But the interesting thing about this Ashes game, this Ashes test series in cricket, is there isn't this massive big trophy for the winning team. Instead the trophy is the small little urn that's actually filled with Ashes. It's, it's like a burial. It's, it would be what you would have after somebody's been cremated. And that's the trophy that you get for winning this game. I mean, wow. Anyway, so back on track, Isaiah, he says, God will give us beauty for ashes. And remember in Hebrews 10, he takes away the old to establish the new. Now, please hear what I'm saying. Okay, I'm not saying that God takes away good in our lives to make way for other stuff. That is not what I'm saying, okay? He takes away in order to establish, and we're gonna break this down, okay? We're gonna break this down. So first of all, we're gonna look at God's part. Why does God take away in order to establish something new? I believe that we cannot have an expectation for the good, or for our future when we're still holding on to the past. God has to take away the disappointments, the pain, the hurt, before adding to our future hope. My past hurt, my pain, steals my hope. It steals my hope and it limits my power and potential for the future. This is so important. Past disappointments disempower us. They disempower us. How do you know if you're carrying past hurts and disappointments? Just as an example, one example, there are many ways, but one example would be when situations arise, just generally in life, and they press certain buttons in your your life. When situations arrive and they're just like, oh, I've got a reaction to that. When our reactions to situations cause us to be hysterical, then we can be sure there's something historical. Okay we don't necessarily have to be hysterical i'm just using that for pentecostal terms because it sounds it's easy to remember but if there's a if, but if a situation causes us to be hysterical if there's a reaction in us there's probably something historical and god wants us to deal he wants to deal with that he wants to deal with that thing that's causing that response in our Lives. He takes away our ashes. He takes away, God God takes away in order to establish. He takes away our ashes. Why does he take away our ashes? Well, firstly, you know, what, we've been burning a lot of fires here during this cold winter that we've been experiencing. And we've got a whole bag of ashes out there. I don't know really what we're going to do with them because they have no real significant value. They have no, they're very few nutrients, very few. And they're of no significance. They represent death. The, 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 that ash used to be a live tree growing somewhere. That tree's been chopped down and we've burnt it. And it just signifies death. And certain types of ash actually have chemical compounds that, um, which can be toxic. So maybe it's time for us for a detox to see if there are ashes in our lives that need to be removed, time for a detox. And it's important for us also to remember that God doesn't just take away from us by the waving of a magic wand. He's not Harry Potter. There's no fairy dust, okay? I've never seen a Harry Potter movie, by the way, but just... For example, for modern t- terminology, but he's not Harry Potter. He doesn't just wave a magic wand. There are consequences to our actions and there are consequences to our words. You know what? Once you've seen something or once you've said something or once you've done something, you can't unsee it. You can't unsay it. You can't un do it. There are always consequences to our actions, but the Bible says that God takes away in order to establish, and so it's not by removing your past. Your past is your past. What he does is he takes away the pain. He takes away the shame. He takes away the guilt. He takes away the remorse the sadness, the loss. In that way, he will deliver you from the power of your past. He will deliver you from the power of your past. Listen to what Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19 says. Just write that down, and go back to it later. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, it says, do not remember the former things. God's speaking to us. We've got a part to play. It's not all up to God, but he says, do not remember the former things. He says, nor consider the things of old. Stop reminding yourself of your past. Stop speaking about it. Stop giving it power. Do not consider the things of old. Because God says, why? Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Listen to what he says there. He says, I will make a road in the wilderness. He doesn't remove the wilderness. He builds a road Through it. He doesn't remove the desert. He makes rivers flow through it. An example, what I was thinking of to try and explain what I'm trying to say is consider this big pool of water. And when you drop, if you were to drop a big rock into a big pool of water, what happens? The water doesn't remove. What happens is as the rock hits the water, the water is displaced. It's displaced. God takes away by adding. He doesn't take away by taking away. God takes away by adding. That rock that came down into the water, that rock is his word. That rock is his power and that rock, when it's dropped into your life, when it's dropped into that pool of water, what happens is it displaces the water and replaces where there was water before. God displaces the power of your past with his presence and with his promises. He displaces and replaces. He takes away in order to make room for the new. He takes away by bringing in the new, not by removing the past. The past is past. He takes away by bringing in the good. his the fulfillment of his promises. Listen to Psalm 66 verse 12. It says, we went through fire and through water, but you, God, brought us out to rich fulfillment. We went through the water, we went through the fire. That's our past. We went through the water, we went through the fire, but God, you dropped that rock into our lives. You dropped your presence, your word, into our lives, and you brought us out into rich fulfillment. He gives us beauty for ashes. What does that look like? In Isaiah 61, that word beauty, it actually means a fancy headdress, a tiara, a crown. That's what beauty means, is a crown. And it just reminds me, doesn't it remind you, straight away, Psalm 103 verses 1 to 4. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul. That's the part of us that needs restoring. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not his benefits. We can forget our past, but let's not forget the benefits of God. Forget not his benefits who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. Listen to this word, who redeems your life from destruction. He ransoms you. He buys you back. He's paid the price with the blood of Jesus Christ. He redeems your life from destruction and who crowns you with loving kindness tender mercies. He crowns you. He beautifies you. That's what that word means. He beautifies you with his loving kindness and his tender mercies. Remember the day you gave your heart to him. Do you remember his love? Do you remember his acceptance of you? That was him crowning you. That was him beautifying you. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Psalm 65, 11 says, You crown the year with your goodness and your paths drip with abundance. That doesn't necessarily mean 2021 or 2020 or whatever the year might be, but your year, your life, he crowns, he beautifies your life with his goodness and his paths drip with abundance. It just talks about God's goodness. And his generosity. He's, he's good and he's generous. Hebrews 10 9, God takes away in order to establish. Another aspect of our lives, okay, so we've looked at what God does, but we've also got a part to play in this. We've got to cooperate with God. God doesn't just supernaturally, like we've said, he doesn't just supernaturally remove our past. He doesn't do that. He replaces it with something beautiful and something new. But we have a part to play. And sometimes what happens in our lives has much to do with sowing and reaping. You know what? The harvest we're living in today is as a result of seed that we've sown yesterday, last week, last month, last year. It's a principle in the Word of God. What you sow, you will reap. If you don't like the harvest that you're reaping in, that you're living in, change the seed. What do they say? That the, the, the first the heart of madness is um, doing the same things the same way and expecting a different result. You know, maybe maybe you're struggling with an aspect in your life, maybe maybe with anger or or bitterness. If so, maybe you've been feeding those seeds lately. And in this week, let's commit to doing a little bit of gardening in our hearts and see what seeds are we sowing, what seeds seeds need to be replaced. let's, Let's be like God and take away in order to establish our lives. Something we can do is to actually start enjoying the small victories. I think so often, especially in the Pentecostal circles, we are always looking for the dramatic, the big, the big event, the big thing. But you know what I've learned <laughs> after some time with the Lord? Now I'm learning that you know what it's, it's good to celebrate the small victories. The small victories. You know what? Maybe maybe you you, you struggle a little bit in an area of your life. Not you guys out there. Let's call it me, okay? If I'm struggling in an area of my life, let's call it anger. Let's just say I get angry five times a day. What? I don't like calling myself by that. Um, we'll call it Joe Blogs, okay? Joe Blogs. He 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 has a problem with anger, and he he gets angry five times a day. But you know what? If he's aware of this and he starts sowing the right seed in his life, and he realizes, hang on, I can pray. I can ask God to help me in this area. And on day one, instead of being angry five times a day, he has victory once. And then he's only angry four times in that day. Do you know what? That's that's something to be celebrated. That is something to be celebrated. Instead of being five-fifths angry, he's only angry four-fifths, he's got one-fifth victory. But that helps you to put things into perspective. Stop looking for the big, the dramatic in the big event in your life, sometimes it's the small steps, it's the little steps, and let's celebrate the little steps in our lives. Isaiah 43, a little bit back to from where we read earlier, verses 1 and 2, says, God saying, he says, fear not, I have redeemed you. There's that word again, he's redeemed us, I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. Don't ever doubt who you belong to, child of God. You belong to God, he has called you by name. And he says, when you pass through the waters, he says, I will be with you. And through the rivers, when you pass through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, You shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. Three, four occasions there, he says, when this happens, when this happens, when this happens, not if, when, things will go wrong in our lives. And the Bible says in, in John 16, that in this world, we will have trouble. We will have trouble. Trouble comes to us. It can be caused by the devil himself, by the enemy of our souls. It can be caused by other people, Other people can cause us problems. I don't know if I'm the only one, but I don't think I am. But other people can cause problems, hardship in our lives. And so can circumstances. And we've got no control over how other people treat us, but we can control how we respond. It's about how we can respond In the midst of those circumstances. Like it said in Isaiah 43, when you pass through those waters, I will be with you. When you're in that fiery furnace, when you're in that trial, God is with you. He is in you. He is with you. He will help you through it. He will give you that victory. He will Do it. That's what happens with Joe Bloggs, with his anger. That one time, that one fifth, when he let rip that day, God gave him that victory, that one time. Then it increases. Instead of one fifth, the next week it's two fifths. The next week it's three fifths of the time when he's walking in victory. I need to come into land at the moment and I'm just going to kind of cut this in and cut my message down a little bit but I just want to I just want to end with something about God giving us this beauty for ashes beauty comes progressively it isn't it isn't that you know that that overwhelming one thing in your life. You know, I, I, my, my life has, been, has not been easy uh, in, in many ways, especially the earlier days of my life. And I've learned over these years that God, over the years, has been restoring me. Over the years, I, I, I didn't realise how much he was putting into me until I've looked back now at this time at this stage in my life and i see his hand has been at work in my life and i'm not nobody special what he's done for me he will do for you but that beauty of god that beauty that crowning that he does for you is progressive it's gradual it's not just that one big event it's it's an accumulation of life it's a step by step basis you know what revelation when we get a revelation from God, it's generally instantaneous. That revelation is instantaneous, but the understanding is normally progressive. It's gradual. Remember when 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 Peter um, when he before he had a revelation of who Jesus was, he used to call him Rabbi. But that day, in um, when when he had a revelation. That Jesus was the Son of God, and 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 Jesus said to him, "Blessed are you, Simon Bar Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you." But that revelation came, bam, like that. But he had walked with Jesus for about three years. Jesus was operating in his in his humanity; had laid aside his deity. But Peter had seen all these fantastic miracles. But suddenly he got the revelation. It was instant, but it had taken him three years to get to that point. And it's the same with that beauty, that beautifying, that God crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. You know that day, 15th of September 1991, when I gave my heart to the Lord, I remember it like it was yesterday. And all I knew was the love of God, the acceptance of God, and I cried for about two years or three years. I just didn't stop crying because <laughs> he did such an amazing work. And it just, it just touched my heart so much, this love that God has for me. But 30, 30 years later, I'm still overwhelmed by his love. I'm so crowned with his love, with his loving kindness. He's taken away those ashes, that death over me, over you. And he's crowned you with loving kindness, with tender mercies. He takes away, God takes away to establish. He takes away the power of our past. He he displaces and replaces like that rock that displaces the water. Instead of rejection, he gives us acceptance. Instead of sadness, he gives us joy. Instead of toleration, he gives us celebration. You're not to be tolerated. You're to be celebrated. God celebrates you. Instead of chaos, he gives you peace. Instead of guilt, he gives you forgiveness. Instead of death, he gives you life. Instead of abandonment, He gives you adoption. Instead of ashes, He gives you beauty. Let's let's pray. Father, I just thank you for every person listening to this message. Lord, that they will come to know and experience your crowning in their lives. The crowning of your loving kindness and your tender mercies. I thank you, Lord, that you take away in order to establish that you are doing a new thing in their lives, Lord God, that we can behold this beautiful new creation, this new life that you are are creating in every single person's lives. I thank you, Lord, that you are giving them beauty for ashes and we give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. I hope you'll join us again next week for Sunday Night Local as we continue looking on this fantastic subject of building the house. God bless you.